Hey, it's John Allen from Charm City Devils, and you're listening to the Brutally... Yeah, Brutally. <laughs> that's going to be tough. Yep. Brutally Delicious Podcast. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to talk, but my mouth keeps getting in the way. Um, <laughs> all right. Hey, you got John Allen from Charm City Devils, and you've got the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Brutally Delicious! Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I'm Chris. Does everyone notice how good Bruce's mic sounds today? Yeah, we're moving up in the world. Hey, man. Bigger bands afford us the opportunity for real microphones. So awesome. thank you, sir. I appreciate you taking the time. No, we're, that was fun, man. It was awesome. awesome. Hope you don't think we're too fucked up. That was Chris's nah. idea, by the way, for the quiz. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> What an ass. Uh, well, John, cool. thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Good awesome, luck with man. the record, and maybe thank we'll you. catch you over this way soon. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Hopefully. Sounds good. Uh, care, well, my friend. And then, let back. us know if you're playing in the D.C. area. I want to go. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said Northern Virginia, which, uh, I'm which in Ster- I'm in Sterling, so I can go like into D.C. or wherever. So. Okay. We'll do. Yeah, I'm I'm out here uh, near Columbia. I'm in Western Howard County. Cool. I'm pretty close to you. Yeah. Nice. I'm still awesome. learning the areas, but <laughs> I'll look oh, it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only like, like I said, like 50 miles max away from you. Oh, cool. That's close. All right. All right. Dude. Take care, guys. Take care. All right, man. Be well. Cheers. See, See you. Too. Bye. Bye. He works hard on that boat, man. My God, I roomed with him the first year, and I think he slept maybe two hours the whole time. Oh yeah, I mean, it's uh, I I've known some people that work on that boat, and it's a twenty-four hour a day job. Yeah, like you might get some a snooze in here or a snooze in there, but you know it's metal. They have fuck. They have metal running from eleven in the morning until five in the morning every single day. What was the latest show you've seen on that boat? The latest show that I saw on that. Have boat? you made it all the way to like the last one? What do you mean? Like, have you stayed up till like four in the morning and seen a band? Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I have not. Okay. Okay. So the latest I've stayed up on days one to three is probably about five in the morning. Really? Yeah. But in 2016, I went with my friend uh, Chris Payne, who used to play bass in a band of mine. Mm-hmm. And on the last night, they did karaoke in the on the pool deck there, and uh, we didn't go to bed. <laughs> we stayed. Really? We stayed up all night. Like I remember, we they shut down karaoke, and we're like, "Oh, I guess we should go to bed." And then we realized the sun was out, and we were docked. And we and we were like, "Oh fuck, what are we gonna do?" And Chris is like, "Fuck, we can't fall asleep, man." And um. Well, I don't know if you heard this story from me in in 2011 or not, but um, so in 2011, I also stayed up all night on the last night, and uh, I went back to my room because we were docked and they were telling everyone to get off the boat, and I sat down to tie my shoes and I fell asleep <laughs> in my bed. Really? In my bed. And uh, the next thing I know, I, I have four Royal Caribbean... Uh, people 
lifting me out of bed. I'm in the hallway of the ship, mm-hmm. and I have the security guard pulling my bag behind me, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Holy fuck, holy fuck. <laughs> right? And they're like, you have to get off the boat. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I got to check for my shit. And I'm like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was just like, oh, my God. And then I got off the boat, and I had no idea where I was going. I didn't book a hotel. I didn't know anything about what I was doing. So I'm just sitting on the bit on the on the bench out front and I'm thinking to myself, fuck, I didn't plan for anything. My plane doesn't leave for another like doesn't leave till tomorrow. Or so I thought. This story gets crazier. And I didn't know what the fuck to do. I was just sitting on that bench and I was like, I'm gonna have to turn on my cell phone and try and find a hotel, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen. And then a bunch of my friends came out uh, who were working on the boat, and they were like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know. They're like, come with us. So I went, with, <laughs> so I went and I stayed in their hotel. And um, ironically enough, Testament was there, and we all had drinks, and we were drinking again with Testament. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I was just like, holy fuck, this is crazy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed and I'll leave in the morning. And I was at, I was on South Beach at the time. So I get up and I'm fucking hungover, dude. Like, I'm talking like I drank from the moment I got on that boat until the day after and up all night. And then I fucking, I go to get in the cab. It's like four in the morning. I look fucking haggard as shit. I got my suitcase, my winter jacket, because I'm flying back to Canada. And I get in the cab, and cab starts driving in the cab. He's like, wait one, wait one second. I was like, what? He's like, stop. And he, I'm like, what the fuck? And he gets out of his car, and he screams at this guy and this girl walking down the street. You know that's a dude, right? <laughs> and this girl goes, Fuck off, man. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on Nice. Here? So anyways, I finally get to the airport. And I got like no time to board the plane. I'm so late, I think. So I get there. And the girl looks at me. She's like, are you checking in for your flight? I was like, yeah. She's like, you're not flying today. I was like, oh, no. I was like, why? Does the plane not fl- is there Is there a problem? She's like. Yeah. I was like, well, what's what's the problem? <laughs> She's just like, you, you're totally drunk. And I was like, no, no, oh, I, quit, no. Dr- really? I quit drinking yesterday. I'm fine. <laughs> and she's like, you're not flying. And I was like, so finally I talked her into, into letting me fly. And uh, by the time I got through security, they didn't let me fly. So I missed my flight. So really? I, I, you I, got... You got denied for being drunk? Well, I got denied for being late was what really happened. But that's what that's what made me late. So so check this out. So I walk back outside and there I am in the same fucking position I was the day before. I got no hotel. I have no fucking idea where I am. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. <laughs> and this cop walks by and I'm like, excuse me, sir. I need to get back to my hotel on South Beach. He's like, well, what's the name of the hotel? I was like, to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> and he's like, are you fucking serious? I was like, I'm sorry. I just got off a cruise and then 
I stayed at this hotel with some friends. I don't know where it is. I would recognize it if I saw it. And it, I know it's like a few blocks away from South Lincoln or whatever. And he's like, right. well, get on that bus. And that bus takes you back to South Beach. When you see your hotel, just get off. I was like, okay, sure. That sounds fine. So I get on the bus. And at this point, I am fucking more hungover than I've ever been in my life. Now, I don't want people to think like I'm a total waste case here with this story. <laughs> I had just I gone, think people are going to get that. I had just gone through a pretty nasty separation slash divorce. We had to sell the house. There's all kinds of things that happened. And I was newly single Chris. So as everyone that's gone through that knows, you go through this period of extreme partying. And that's what was happening. And uh, so anyways, I get on the bus. And about every second stop on the bus, I have to get off the bus. Because I don't know if I'm going to fucking puke shit myself or pass out or have a seizure. I don't know. I'm so fucking hungover. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the bus gets to the stop. I get off the bus. I lie on the ground. <laughs> I just lay there until I'm like, okay, I can catch the next bus. So the next bus would come, get on it, go two stops. Fuck, this isn't going to work. <laughs> get off and lie on the ground. So finally, after it, it's, it should have been like maybe a 30-minute bus ride. It took me like two, two and a half hours to get back to South Beach because I had to keep getting wow. off and fucking laying on the grass, curled up in a little ball like, oh, fuck. I'm and so... no, nobody took you to the drunk tank or anything? No, no. I was, I don't know. I, I kind of assumed it was normal in Miami. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm fucking, wow. I finally get back to the hotel and I walk in and the, and the guy was like, didn't I just call you a cab to the airport? I was like, yeah, I missed my flight. <laughs> He's like, nice. He's like, fuck. Okay. I was like, well, I can't remember what room I was in. He's like, well, who are you staying with? And I said, oh, I'm staying with this person and this person and this person. They're like, sorry, we can't give out names. It's not, those names aren't booked on our sheet. So we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy fuck. It's like eight in the morning at this point, maybe. And I'm just like, fuck me, man. So I was like, well, I think it was on floor 16. So. <laughs> I go to floor 16. Oh, my God. And I bang on the door. Guy opens the door. What the fuck do you want? I was like, oh, sorry, wrong floor. <laughs> so I get on the elevator. I'm surprised you didn't get your ass kicked. So I go up to the next floor, knock on the door, and I hear my friend, fuck off, I'm sleeping. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's me. I missed my flight. Fuck off. I said, no fucking, no house cleaning. Fuck off. I'm sleeping. And I was just like, fuck, dude, it's Chris. Let me in. He's like, fuck. And he opens the door and he's fucking butt naked. <laughs> he's like, is this Ken? No, no, no. His name was uh, Blake. Yeah. Oh, I remember Blake. Yeah, yeah. So he opens the door. He's fucking butt naked. And he's like, oh, hey, man, what are you doing here? I thought you were flying out. I was like, I missed my flight. He's like, oh, fuck, come on in. Like, I was like, I need to sleep. He's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> so I'm like, at that point, I'm never drinking again, ever. And then at about four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon, the phone rings. And uh, we had to go, <laughs> we had to go party. <laughs> nice. So you ran around South Beach partying again. No, we went and had dinner with Testament and then, uh, <laughs> which was really cool. And then we caught a fucking lemo. Out, they were playing at uh, the Culture Room in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. So we caught a lemo out there. Yeah, that's Rory, 
Rory worked there for a long time. Oh, cool. Yeah. And we, we watched Testament there. And then I caught my flight the next day. <laughs> nice. Dude, I will never forget that that kind of deal. That was fucked up. It's a... Oh, God. <laughs> nice. So... Sorry to go While like we're that. waiting for uh, Charm City... Yeah. I guess they only have a few minutes and then we're going to have to move into my dying ride. I've got a 70,000 ton story that I've never told you that is going to blow your mind. Okay, hit me. So we're on the first boat and I don't know. Sometime just before we docked, Rory talked me into getting off and going exploring Cozumel with them. Okay. It was going to be him and all the guys in Epica except for Simone. Okay. Sorry. I didn't want to. My, my plan was I was going to sleep cause, or sit by the pool because I had done a lot of shit for two days and you know I'm 90 years old, so I wasn't used to it all. I was just going <laughs> to hang out. Yeah. So he cons me into getting off the boat and we go exploring and we end up downtown. Did you get downtown? Uh, no. Okay. So we get downtown and there's this uh, scooter rental place. And these guys get the bright idea. Let's rent some mopeds or scooters and we'll go travel around Cozumel. <laughs> Something inside me, you know, you get that little feeling inside you that says, don't do this. It's not going to end right. Well, yeah. I squashed it and said, all right, cool, let's do it. So we rented these scooters and we ended up checking out some ruins, had a great afternoon, ended up at like the far side of the island and we were chilling out eating, got a good real Mexican meal. Yeah. We're almost back, right? So it's like four o'clock. The bus or the boat leaves at five. Oh no. We're almost back. I can see the place where we rented the damn scooters and somebody fucking taps the back of my wheel and I dumped a scooter on the cobblestone street. Oh no. So wait. So I get up and I'm like, holy fuck. I walk it back to the place because it's literally that close. And the dude comes out and he's like, you owe me two grand. And I go, uh, I don't have two grand. Cool. So, John, thanks for joining us. Um, for those who don't know the Charm City Devils, can you give us the two-sentence boardroom elevator pitch? Oh, geez. <laughs> two sentences, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Um well, we, we were named by Nikki Six from Motley Crue uh, way back when. Charm City is uh, the nickname for Baltimore. It's our hometown. So that's where the name came from. That's how he came up with it. Uh, nice. You know, we've been out there doing it for a while now. Mana Consensaro is probably our biggest uh, hit in the U.S. We, uh, we did a, a remake of that a few years ago, a, a rock, you know, kind of metal yeah. version of that and uh yeah so and we took a hiatus for like the last three years and now now we're back with a new um new ep called 1904 what was it like coming back after being uh you know away for so long well i never really stopped i had a, a side project that i was doing um so i'm always thinking of music and, and writing music and 
I used to drive my wife crazy with little scraps of paper all around the house with lyrics. On them, so. uh, now it's my voice memos all clogged up on my iPhone. It's it's crazy. Like I, I went to play something the other day and it took like 40 seconds for the song to kick in. I was like, oh, crap, I better start cleaning some of these out of here. I didn't yeah, <laughs> before you lose them. Yeah, it's bogging down the uh, the memory chip in this iPhone. But uh, yeah, so uh so yeah, I, I, I never, I never stop. I mean, this is something that I've been doing since I was probably nine or 10 years old and for better, or for worse, I'm kind of, this is, this is what makes me tick. So this is what I do. Okay. That's awesome. What was the, uh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, go ahead, Bruce. It's fine. What was the, uh, the writing process like for 1904? You guys, when you came back together, did you all write together? Is it more the efforts of one particular member of the band? I, you know, I've always been the driver of, of the, you know, I think, um, so the process just was, was much the same as it's, it's been, you know, I, I, I'm either inspired by guitar riffs or a drum beat, you know, one of the guys might play or, um, or a lot, or sometimes, you know, a lot of times I'll hear something in my head, you know, my, some people call it head voice, uh, like the song, um, the song uh, Broken Hearts and Broken Bones off the EP started out with, I heard kind of everything. I heard the guitar and I heard the vocal melody and the cadence and, and some of the lyrics in the first verse, you know, and, uh, uh, and that's what you hear. Uh, Ted came in, the guitar player with a killer riff for the, for the chorus and, you know, helped me finish that song. Um, whereas the other songs on the EP, started with you know guitar riffs that really inspired me like dollar signs and uh tides are changing and then the killer guitar stuff that that ted came up with for the verse of skipping stone you know those are right there's no set writing process is what i'm (laughs) long story longer is what i'm trying oh no that's cool you know (laughs) however we kind of you know however it comes together is, is like cool with us we put no no restrictions on it okay Cool. So a long. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just no. I s- keep interrupting you. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you do. <laughs> He's such an asshole. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, so from the time you've started to where you are now, technology is really like it's exponentially grown, especially in in audio production. How do you yeah. find how do you find that that your writing process is changing because of technology, or is it? No, it, it has changed quite a bit. Um, so in, in the bad old days, you'd sit there and you'd, you'd hammer away on a song with the, with the band and practice and, 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 you know, change things and refine it. And it might take, you know, depending on how often you could get together, it might take, uh, a, a couple, a week or two to a month to try and hone a song. And now, uh, with pro tools, I can, get down here and, and lay down a song idea. And then like within like a week or two or a month or so I can have a song in it. <laughs> so it basically works out to be the same amount of time. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It, it should, it should be faster. Um, it would be if I was really good, but I'm not. So it, <laughs> it, it still takes the same amount of time. Nice. It's funny, right? The more I remember the first time I got pro tools, I came from right. like this digital two inch tape originally. And then to, then to like this digital Fostex eight track and you don't oh, wow. have any options. You just, you, you put down what you put down and you work it out until it's right. And then you move on. Right. Once I got pro tools, my audio engineering went to shit for a while because 
I just had so many options. There was just no. Right. It's just like, well, maybe I should try <laughs> this compressor. You know, <laughs> or like right. The 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 final one. The you know the joke that everyone makes. Your snare. <laughs> Let's work on our snare for ten days. There's just two <laughs> right, <laughs> and 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 that's the that's the real tricky thing that people who don't do that, that you know, no one understands. I was trying to explain to somebody the other day, like. With visuals, seeing things, I think we all, you know, we see something and we we see it. You know, it's it's concrete. Sound audio is is not only you know it, it's psychological as well. And then you can become hyper focused on one thing and and work on that, like you said, like the snare drum, like for whatever you know amount of time. And it's hilarious. I, I heard an interview with Jimmy Iovine, I, Iovine when he was, uh, he engineered, I guess, a Tom Petty, uh, I don't know if it was Refugee or one of those early songs. Yeah. And uh, I think it was a, an interview with Stern and he was talking about and and he played, played the song and he just sh- shook his head and was kind of, and, and Howard asked him, like, what, what's, what's wrong? And he said, well, you know, we tracked that song and uh I, I just i wasn't happy with the drums and we kept doing it for like a week and i couldn't figure it out and and uh because stan that drummer was just a great pocket kind of player he played everything sort of i guess behind the beat and 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 jimmy wasn't getting the energy he wanted out of it and uh i think jim capaldi this this great session drummer from the 70s poked his head in the studio and he was and, he, and he's like what he's like it, it just needs a shaker <laughs> and so, 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 so Capaldi comes in with these little film vials full of beads or whatever, BBs, and, and puts the shaker on it. And so now Jimmy Ivan says, like, every time he hears a song, the only thing he hears when he listens to that song is that shaker. You know, he just he focus, he focuses nice. right in on that thing. You know, so I, I can totally relate. You know, our bass player was just saying that that to me. You know, he's like, I'll sit behind you. And and you will keep like this part on a loop, and I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck is he? What is he listening to? You know, uh, you, know you know, I don't know what I was listening to in that particular part, but yeah, it, it uh, it's crazy, you know. And then your your ears get dull, and you you know you, you don't hear things correctly, and it's just the whole thing that that you know, and it and it just drives me bananas because the hours and the amount of time we can spend on something and somebody can hear a, a song and just summarily go, eh, I don't really like his voice. Eh, next, you know, <laughs> and you're like, Oh yeah. man, I just, I just spent a year of my life on this record. You know, it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you engineering your own records? I am. Unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I think that's one of the coolest parts about technology right now actually yeah. is that is that you the artist has total control whether that's good or bad that can be debated right. but i think it's a really cool thing about it yeah yeah i try to um i try to, to build the tracks here and then you know if we have the budget i'll i'll send you know certain tracks out for mix you know if i'm struggling with one of the songs in the mix process you know so I've actually mixed uh, most of the tracks on the on this EP. Um, Skipping Stone was the exception. Sent it off. This guy Kyle Odell is a great uh, new engineer. Mixed it, but then uh, when I got it back, I actually 
went in and I, I kind of rearranged a couple things on it and I, I actually added a, a, uh, some guitars and, and lo-fied the, the first verse vocal. So I changed a couple things to it, but, um, but the overall like uh, real meat and potatoes of that mix is his and it's, you know, it sounds pretty huge. I thought you were going to say nice. you added a shaker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's really cool. When I mix for people now, I'm using like uh, the Pro Tools collaboration feature a lot. Oh, yeah? So it gives me the ability. People will send me the mix, and then I can send it back, and they can either make a quick change themselves right in the session, and it will bounce back to me, or they can make notes right inside the session, and it hap- it updates in real time, like right in front of you. It's- oh, wow. That's so great. I'm, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm so behind the times. I'm on HD8. Oh wow! And, and, and yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm actually this week now that I finally got the mixes you know everything mastered and everything away. I, this week I'm gonna you know update my OS and you know hope hopefully don't lose a lot of my plugins and try to get somewhere close to this uh, this decade or this century with my <laughs> my, my rig. <laughs> well, if you need a hand with it, you can let me know. I do that. I I I'm a Pro Tools guy. That's all oh, I do well, all the time. Okay, then I need I need your contact information when we get <laughs> down here because I need help. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Bruce. Sorry, I'm I'm hijacking with tech questions because as soon as somebody no, starts you, talking, you always about- take it down that technology route. Let's bring it back to Charm City Devils. Sure. When you're when you're writing your songs, is there a message or something you want your fans to walk away with after listening to it? You know, I, I don't think that I, um, I don't think I roll into most songs with that thought process, uh, in mind. I think that, um, you know, it really depends on the song and, and uh, like a line that, that may start, you know, the, the song writing process, but you know, there, there, there does seem to be sitting back after a couple years there does seem to be um, similar themes that kind of run through uh, a lot of our, a lot, a lot of the songs uh, here and there. Like, like uh, somebody mentioned that um, skipping stones lyrically is, is kind of an extension of the song called still alive from our sins record. And, you know, I could see that, that, that line being drawn um, still alive was written after I had had a, a cancer scare, I'd, I'd been diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma. And it's, wow. it's one of the skin cancers that can migrate to your vital organs and then, you know, Eesh. it can kill you. So uh, luckily it was caught early and, uh, and, and, you know, so I'm a survivor. But, um, but you know, Skipping Stone sort of is along those lines, whereas, you know, you... Uh, you know, learn to, or you should try to try to live your life, you know, with an appreciation of every day. Cause you really don't know, um, when it's all going to end. And, uh, you know, it talks about the struggles and, and, you know, you know, just try to keep a positive attitude and, 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 uh, keep moving forward with, with your life, you know? Nice. And then, yeah. And then some of the other songs, you know, like, like tides and dollar signs are really sort of, you know, talking about society and, and what's going on um, in the world around us today. And, and, you know, dollar signs, you know, talking about you know, maybe it's a little cynical about, 
you know, money being the driver. And, you know, I, I hit upon, you know, oxy, the oxy addict uh, problem in, in this country. And, you know, that's, that's being driven by pharmaceutical profits. And, and, you know, and I hit upon other subjects in that, in that song. Right. And, and, and from, a, from the viewpoint of like, Hey, you know, like I'm, you know, here I am, you know, struggling, you know, and I think every, almost every American can, can, uh, relate to this and, and, but I've got nothing to show for it. You know, I'm, I'm working hard and, and, uh, just can't ever seem to get ahead. And, right. Yeah. And so, uh, and then tides really talks about, you know, the changes that are occurring in our society in general and, you know, over, overall and uh and then broken hearts and broken bones is kind of uh i guess a more introspective sort of song that um ultimately i kind of after I finished the lyrics i kind of looked back and i was like oh yeah this is this is a song about the fear of death yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think a lot of a lot of the tunes are that's kind of an underlying theme you know uh, but yeah, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's always there. It's always in the back of my head, I guess. So, um, yeah, good times, right. man. Party songs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when is, when is the, when is the full EP going to be available? November 22nd, uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, We're going to have, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I checked out Skipping Stone today. It sounded great. Oh, thank you. Cool. So, but then I realized, oh, this is the only song here. Uh, from, oh, really? From this EP. Well, we we have offered dollar signs is out um, as a uh, little little gratification uh, track until you can you know buy the uh, the, the rest of them. Uh, you can you can hear that on Apple Music, I guess, and iTunes and Spotify, and I think there it's available on, on all the other platforms as well. Um, then, uh, then yeah, on the 22nd, you can get the rest of it. We have pre-order links up on our website, you know, charmcitydevils.com. We are going to offer a physical CD t-shirt, um, poster bundle that's going to, um, go up, I believe tomorrow, or, uh, if not, it'll be up in a, in a few days. So nice. please, you know, go to Facebook and, and, uh. Look for that. Look for look for our you know, stuff on, uh, well, like I said, on the, the website, charmcitydevils.com. Nice. Okay. So I saw that you have a couple dates in December. Are you guys planning on taking this out on the road for any length of time? Yeah, that that's we're working on um, tour dates for the new year. Uh, we, we're getting our feet wet with a couple of uh, regional dates here in uh, West, uh, not West Virginia, Winchester, Virginia, and Maryland. We're going up to New Jersey uh, in early January for a couple of dates, and then uh, we we are hoping to get out to the Midwest in the middle of January. Probably not the ideal time; some snow will be <laughs> falling in, in great yeah. amounts. But we got to get out there. We've got some radio stations that are that are supporting the record early on, and we want to get out there for them and for our fans. Our our drummer has family out there, and, and we'll get out there and and uh, see them and. And it's, uh, you know, it's just a great, great area. We have, you know, a lot of support out there in, uh, like Kenosha and Madison and Dubuque and Cedar Rapids and 
Flint, Michigan, and, and you know all these these areas way out there where it snows a lot and it's really cold in the winter. So hopefully our van won't break down. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed for sure. So would would yeah. you drive out there or would you fly and then and go from there? We we'd probably drive out there. Yeah, it's uh I don't know if we could get anybody to, um a, a road crew guy to drive all our stuff out there and meet us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through the snow and the ice. Right, that would be nice. Yeah, I did one tour in Canada in the in the middle of January, and I swore I'd never do it again. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, I see the I see bands with tour schedules in Canada in the winter, and I, I it blows me away. I just, I don't know how it happens, um, but but a lot of bands do it. Like Theory, of, you know, Theory of a Dead Man. We've toured with those guys a bunch, and they they go to Canada in the winter. They they're I think they're doing one in uh coming up very oh, they're, shortly they're huge and i yeah. mean they're from vancouver well right abbotsford right. but it's basically vancouver and uh yeah. you know so i guess they're used to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we did I, I in one of the bands i played drums in we were driving across the border from buffalo or rochester one night it was in december we were going to play in toronto and the snow was coming down it looked like the flakes were as big as my fist and <laughs> i remember the whole band like huddled in the front lounge, just looking at the windshield and the snow coming at us. And, and we, and our manager actually had joined us for this run. Cause it was a, like a radio run. And, uh, we kept looking at him, kept going, are, are you sure? Are you sure Do we really need to do this? Do we really need, and we got to Toronto and he was like, we need to do this. There was like 12 people in the, Frickin' audience for the show. We we're like, oh man, <laughs> we could have died on the road last night for twelve people, man. Like this is not uh, this is not worth it, you know. But wow. Whatever, yeah. all for rock and roll, baby. That's oh, it. Yeah. yeah, driving in the snow is like something that I cringe at. Yeah. I mean, I grew up. To, I'm I'm originally from Canada, so like, okay, I get the snow, but I I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not for me. Florida, man, Florida. Yeah, I spent 15 years in St. Pete. I loved it there. It's really nice right there. We uh, we like to go to uh, Anna Maria Island, man. It's beautiful. oh yeah, beautiful, right, off, beautiful. right near there. Yeah, that whole Gulf is nice and calm and mellow and relaxing. Yeah, it's awesome. White yeah. sand beaches. It's it's great. It's great down there. Well, John, that's all I've got, except for if your game. We have yeah. a newer segment called the Furious Five. It's just a quick five questions, sort of oh, ridiculous shit. questions. And uh, right. we're kind of going to keep track of who does the best over the course of the year here. All right. <laughs> Are you game? <laughs> you don't sound so game there, John. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've never heard so much today. enthusiasm in my life, Bruce. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I put a lot of work into this, John, and now you just kind of right, shot me right. down. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was like that was like asking a girl out on a date and she's just like well <laughs> all right you ready i'm ready see we've even got theme music for this and we're ready to roll all right all right and now you're getting even more scared you're making me uh <laughs> feel bad here john <laughs> Brutally delicious, fabulous vibes. 
Let's see. In which musical key do most toilets flush? E flat, C, or F? Uh, D. No, John. It was an E flat. You're right. All right. Let's see. Name three root vegetables. Uh, uh, Beets, potatoes, yams. uh, I don't know. Um, There you go. What's enough? That'll work. Cool. Name three foods with a city in their name. Oh, shit. Three (laughs) foods with a city in their name. (laughs) Oh, man. Buffalo wings, uh, buffalo wings, uh, and buffalo wings. Uh, I don't know. All right, we're going to call that. Neopolitan pizza. Uh, I got two. Uh, Third one. I mean, Chicago style pizza, but that. Hey, there you go. You pulled it out. Nice. All right. All right. How many dimples are on a golf ball? Oh, shit. (laughs) Fucked up, Bruce. 80, 85, 80. Come on, John. (laughs) A regulation golf ball, everyone knows, has 336 dimples on it. Everyone knows? I'm a golf addict, and I've never even heard of this before. (laughs) Are you okay for one more, or are you ready to hang up on me? Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) You can tell him to fuck off anytime. Yeah, most people do actually. I really right, thought see. I thought my noggin was full of a ton of useless knowledge. I, I guess I've got a long way to go. You've now met I Bruce. I thought you were going to be the uh, you know the one who sets the bar here on the first episode and be you know five for five. <laughs> oh, it's the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by your enthusiasm, it might be the last as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that Bruce paid a really big black metal band to do the music for this. <laughs> Got a great intro and everything. All right, name three works by Michelangelo. Three works by Michelangelo. Uh, David, um, the Sistine Chapel. Oh shit. Uh, hmm. I uh, I can't think of a third. God, you're killing me. What's the third one? Chris, what do you got? I got nothing. Well, I, I, I got, I got I to Google it. Question, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I think the question's <laughs> fucking terrible. You're supposed to know these answers. Wait a second. All right, you want a better one? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that one's pretty good. How about last one, and I may, maybe we'll substitute this. Gynophobia is an irrational fear of what? Oh, oh shit. Vagina? <laughs> 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 you can hang up on me, John, if you want. <laughs> All right, oh, I'm going to take shit. that as you don't want to answer. You want the answer? I do know that one. Are you serious? It's not. It's not fear of vagina. <laughs> no, it's fear of women in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> <So you're close. laughs> that, that fear was obviously named by a man. Well, yeah. What, what, what was the term again? It was, it was gynophobia. Gynophobia. Yeah. Fear of vagina. Well, That's, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you for taking the time and putting up with all my nonsense. <laughs> Let me finish telling you my story. Okay. So the, I get in this place and the dude's like, dude, you owe us two grand. 
<laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? The, the mirror is bent. That's about all. But my shoulder was killing me. <laughs> so I, oh, yeah. So we're all in this little booth in this little Mexican city. And the, the guy was adamant. I'm going to call the Federale. You're going to pay two grand. And we're looking at our watches and we're like, shit, we're not going to make this boat. It's now like 420. So Rory gets involved because he's used to getting his bands out of trouble all around the world. <laughs> and he starts speaking Spanish to this guy. And the next thing I know, he's like, hey, listen, the guy wants 400 bucks and they'll race us back to the boat so we don't miss it. So I gave him the credit card, 400 bucks. They race us back to the boat. <laughs> and when I, I spent the next three days hanging out with or two days hanging out with you and Angela and everybody. Yeah. And when I got home, I was like, fuck, my shoulder's killing me. Broken in two places. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good story. I spent a lot of time with Epica in 2011 on that boat. I had That's what you said. I had a lot of good times with those guys. Man, you, oh, man. You, you didn't go scootering with this, or you would have been privy to that wonderful story. Well, no, I woke up so fucking hungover that day. And I ended up, like, I met these two guys. They were both called Mike. So I called them the Mike and Mike <laughs> show. <clears throat> and I'd never met them before. And this this kind of goes to the metal community at large, you know. Never met them. I was, I was on that boat literally just by myself. I knew people there. But, like, right. I was just by myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like... So I met these two guys, Mike and Mike. And uh, we ended up catching a cab to a 7-Eleven. And then we bought like a 24 pack of beer and then uh, we uh, jumped back in the cab and said to the cab, where's the beach? And he took us to this weird fucking beach, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know where it was. There was like a little house beside it. Like there was, it wasn't a tourist beach at all. <laughs> Were you at all worried? No, no, no. I probably, we in retrospect, maybe we should have been. But right. at the time, we were just sitting at this this kind of private beach at someone's house, <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer under this cabana that was there. And then we finished the beer, and then we got, uh, we were like, fuck, we got to get another cab, right? <laughs> like, Shit, what do we do? So we walked down the road with this almost empty case of beer, <laughs> drinking beers until we got a cab. Nice. And then we had them stop at 7-Eleven to get us six more beers. Um, because we thought, you know, we, we should probably get really drunk before we get on the boat and have to pay those right. big prices. To drink again. Yeah, yeah. So, when it was expensive, you know, on the boat. Oh, yeah. So, we're standing in line, and we're just guzzling. We had about nine beers left or something. We were just pounding beers, and, like, people are like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and, like, and I was just like, Whatever. And then when we finally got to the front, we finished our last beer. We got on the boat, and that's when shit got really crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I, when it got crazy. Yeah, man. You know, uh, yeah. I think <laughs> that that's the thing about that. I know we talk about 70,000 tons of metal a lot because that's how you and I met. Right. But there was something about that first year. That's never happened again on that boat, you know? There was nobody knew what to expect, and you were flying by the seat of pants. Yeah, but like like every other year, um, you know, I I met bands, I did, you know, but it wasn't like that year. Like that year, 
I was like literally stealing bottles of tequila off the <laughs> off the outside bartender <laughs> with bands and shooting tequila. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like, there was so much shit I did with those guys. And then they came through Vancouver like eight months later or something. And Rory was tour managing them and, and we went for sushi and like, you know, I don't know if they'd remember me now, but like at the time there was still that camaraderie that was so like, right. You know, it was unbelievable. Nice. Yeah, it was good. All right. Yeah. Let's wrap this, the other one up and I'll try one more time and then we'll wait till three. Okay. Cool. Thanks for listening. That was a pretty great interview with John Allen. Uh, that's a really good band. I suggest you uh, take the time to go check out their EP when it comes out on the 22nd. Absolutely. Can't wait. The new single sounds great. Yeah, that was and that was a good interview, too. And he played along with your dumb questions, so that was great. <laughs> <laughs> the Furious Five. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.